Our scripture reading today comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verses 1 through 17. And God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything, in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of their fathers to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. This is the word that the Lord has given us. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Lord, let the words that proceed from my mouth today be the words that you want me to say, Lord. And please open up our ears and our hearts and our minds that we may receive your word, Lord, that we may understand what you are trying to tell us today through your words. This we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. On September 1st of the year 2000, this is the statement that was read over the PA system at the football game at Roan County High School in Kingston, Tennessee by high school principal Jody McLeod. It has always been the custom at Roan County High School football games to say a prayer and play the national anthem to honor God and country. Due to a recent ruling by the Supreme Court, I am told that saying a prayer is a violation of federal case law. As I understand the law at this time, 
I can use this public facility to approve of sexual perversion and call it an alternate lifestyle. And if someone is offended, that's okay. I can use it to condone sexual promiscuity by dispensing condoms and calling it safe sex. If someone is offended, that's okay. I can even use this public facility to present the merits of killing an unborn baby as a viable means of birth control. If someone is offended, it's not a problem. I can designate as a school day as Earth Day and involve students in activities to worship religiously and praise the Mother Earth and call it ecology. I can use literature, videos, and presentations in the classrooms that depicts people with strong traditional Christian convictions as simple-minded and ignorant and call it enlightenment. However, if anyone uses this facility to honor God and to ask him to bless this event with safety and good sportsmanship, then federal case law is violated. This appears to be inconsistent at best, and at worst, diabolical. Apparently, we are to be tolerant of everything and anyone except God and his commandments. Nevertheless, as a school principal, I frequently ask staff and students to abide by rules with which they do not necessarily agree. For me to do otherwise would be inconsistent at best, and at worst, hypocritical. I suffer from that affliction enough unintentionally. I certainly do not need to add an intentional transgression. It is for this reason that I shall render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's and refrain from praying at this time. However, if you feel inspired to honor, praise, and thank God and ask him in the name of Jesus to bless this event, please feel free to do so. As far as I know, that is not against the law. Yet, one by one, the people in the stands bowed their heads, held hands with one another, and began to pray. They prayed in the stands. They prayed in the team huddles. They prayed at the concession stand. And they prayed in the announcer's box. The only place they didn't pray was in the Supreme Court of the United States of America, the seat of justice in the one nation under God. Kingston, Tennessee, remembered what so many have forgotten. We are given the freedom of religion, not the freedom from religion. 
God has not released us from worshiping him and him only. He has given us the freedom to worship him however we want, wherever we want, but we are still to dedicate our lives to him. In 1962, the Supreme Court of the United States of America struck down the voluntary recitation of prayer in public schools. In 1963, the Supreme Court struck down the voluntary practice of reading the Bible and reciting the Lord's Prayer in public schools. In 1980, the Supreme Court ruled against the display of the Ten Commandments in Kentucky public school classrooms. <clears throat> in the year 2000, the courts ruled to remove a monument of the Ten Commandments from the lawn of the Elkhart, Indiana Municipal Building that had been displayed there for over 40 years. On November 13, 2003, Judge Roy Moore was removed from the bench because he had a 5,200-pound granite monument of the Ten Commandments displayed in the building that houses the Alabama Supreme Court. The monument was also removed and hauled away. How long will we allow this to go on in our great nation, in the United States of America? A nation that was founded on the very words and the principles of our Lord. How long can we afford to allow the Supreme Court to erode away at the very foundations that the United States were built on? How long will God allow this nation to reject him before he withdraws from us and allows us to wallow in our own sins? God will not sit on the sidelines forever without passing his judgment. In biblical times, he has passed his judgment on his own people, the Israelites, and he will pass his judgment on us. God gave us his Ten Commandments as his law, but not only to show us our sins, but also to show us how to live righteously and to live within the freedom of his love. We are to live and abide by them as best as we are able to. They are useful in showing us how to relate to our God and how to relate to others. They are very clear directions on how to build and maintain our relationships with all those around us. If we can live our lives according to God's commandments, we are promised a wholesome and a fulfilled life. Unfortunately, many people do not view God's commandments in the light that God had intended when he gave them to us. 
They see the commandments as cramping their lifestyle and infringing on their rights. They refuse to try to understand the commandments because they are unwilling to expose their sins, even to themselves. They are offended by God's Ten Commandments. In the first commandment, God tells us, you shall have no other gods before me. If we can keep just this one commandment, we can keep them all. But many Americans do have a different God that they worship. It is the God of themselves. We in America have come to prize our freedom so much that we now feel we are entitled to them. And we have become selfish. We prize ourselves and our personal rights and freedoms above anything and anyone else. We are offended when we are told to put God first. The second commandment, you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. We are a nation of great wealth. We have learned to chase after the almighty dollar. We have become accustomed to our lavish lifestyles. We like our big houses. We like our new cars. We like our bank accounts. Do we make idols of them? The third commandment. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. How many times have we caught ourselves slinging out profanity in God's name in our anger? It has become so commonplace in our nation that we think nothing of it. We do it all the time just to vent our anger and our frustrations. And we are and when we are confronted about profaning God's name, we take offense. Commandment number four. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You know, I remember the day when the gas stations and all the stores were closed on Sundays. It really wasn't all that long ago. We turn on our TVs every Sunday now to watch football, golf, and other sports. The gods of money and sports have taken over our Sabbath. Why is it such an offense to dedicate one day to enjoying God and his creation? The fifth commandment, honor your father and your mother. When our country was founded, families looked after each other's and neighbors helped neighbors. From 1607 until the mid-1930s, this nation did very well. 
Then the Great Depression happened, and Social Security was instituted as a stopgap to help the desperately poor. The Fifth Commandment has become a national offense as we become more reliant on Social Security and Medicare to relieve children of their biblical responsibilities to take care of their parents. The Sixth Commandment, you shall not murder. The most precious possession that each of us enjoys is our own life. And yet, we have taken that away from at least 45 million unborn children. In 1973, the Supreme Court legalized abortion with the Roe versus Wade decision, insisting that a woman's personal freedom takes priority over her child's life. Proponents of assisted suicide want the right to determine the quality of life as they see it. And they are offended when God says, you shall not murder. Commandment number seven, you shall not commit adultery. According to a recent Barna survey, over 40% of people in America see nothing wrong with married men and women having sexual relations outside their marriages. Many couples today live together without making the commitment of marriage. And then when it doesn't work out, they simply leave. Is it any wonder that the divorce rate in America is at 50%? More and more, any call for sexual purity is seen as a puritanical restriction on our freedom of expression. And it has become a laughable offense. Commandment number eight, you shall not steal. Burglaries and armed robberies are commonplace in most of our major cities. Shoplifting and identity theft are of great concerns all over our nation. Gossiping at the water cooler, playing games on the computer, and talking to family and friends are all ways that we steal productivity from our employers during working time. We have a sense of entitlement in our nation we take what we want when we want it, even if we didn't earn it. We are, after all, entitled to it. The Eighth Commandment offends us. The Ninth Commandment, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Many reputations have been damaged and families torn apart by gossiping tongues. 
Is it true that Bill got fired for stealing? Did you hear that Robert got picked up for possession of drugs? I heard Dan is cheating on Mary. Gossip can damage, and it can hurt. We are offended when we are told to hold our tongues, when we have juicy news to tell. The Tenth Commandment, you shall not covet. In our selfishness, we seem to want what others have. Coveting and lust go hand in hand. Coveting precedes shoplifting. Coveting precedes adultery. Coveting precedes murder. We want the most powerful tractor. We want the newest car. We want the biggest bank account. We want what we cannot have, and we are offended. The Ten Commandments. And we, as a nation, have become offended by each and every one of them. We have taken all ten of the commandments, and we have thrown them out of our lives. And yet... God is patient with us. He has shown us his grace and his mercy for far longer than what we deserve. But how long will he continue to do so? It is time to wake up, America. It is time to take our faith and our religion out into the streets and the byways of America. Time to take our faith and religion to every village, town, and big city. It is time, once again, to teach the law of our God, the Ten Commandments and their meanings to our children. It is time to show them that God gave us his commandments out of his love for us and to give us the freedom to live in unity with each other. No longer can we allow the loud minority to speak for the silent majority. We must rise up out of our churches and spread the good news of salvation to everyone we meet. We know what we must do, and now is the time to do it before it is too late. Before God says, I have had enough of this wicked people. No nation will ever stand for very long without God in the hearts of its people. Let us get out there and share the love of our Redeemer. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, bring us back to your way of life, Lord. 
Bring us back to respecting your Ten Commandments and their meanings, Lord. Give us the, the courage and the strength to go out into the world and to proclaim your Ten Commandments and to show everybody that the Ten Commandments are the right way to live and that if we live by them, we can have fulfilled lives, Lord, that we will no longer be empty inside. Lord, be with each of us as we go out into the world. In your name we pray, amen. Remember that God is always with you, that his love and his mercy is always upon you. And as you go out to meet others, tell them about the commandments of your Lord. Tell them that God has given them to us out of his love and that we can experience freedom in his love if we obey his commands and his ways. Go now with love to serve your neighbor and to serve your Lord. Amen.